I want to uh, share tonight, we're going to be in Galatians chapter 2. I've been praying about what I wanted to share because it has been a while and, and you know, I, I probably have a whole list of stuff that I could share and preach from and those of you that preach understand that sometimes you're kind of, you know, battling between what direction to go. But as Brother Joe was closing this morning, he started challenging us and he, he used this word influence. And he talked about how we have influence on our families and uh, sometimes we may not live outside of the walls of the church the way we need to, to have uh, that consistent influence. And I knew immediately uh, where God wanted me to go. Um, and so Galatians chapter two tonight, we're going to begin reading in verse number 11 down to verse 14. Uh, and we'll share and try to be a help to you tonight. Galatians chapter two, verse 11 says this. <clears throat> but when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed for before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them, which were of the circumcision, talking about the Jews. And the other Jews dissembled likewise with him insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation. But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel... I said unto Peter before them all, if thou being a Jew livest after the manner of the Gentiles and not as do the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? Let's pray. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity, first and foremost, just to be, uh, be here, to be awake today. Uh, thank you for waking me up this morning. We thank you for the very breath that is in our body. And Lord, we just ask you for the next few moments. That, Lord, as I always ask, that, Lord, you would just kind of put me out of the way. And that, Lord, somebody here would hear your voice speaking to them. That they would hear something louder uh, and more audible than my voice. And, Lord, would you help them help challenge all of our hearts tonight. Uh, search our hearts. Lord, and help us to identify where we are with you. Lord, if there's anybody here that does not know you, I pray that, Lord, through this, that, Lord, you would help them to see the love that you have for them and the gift that you've given them. And Lord, I just pray that you'd help all of us to be challenged and encouraged from your word tonight. We thank you for it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So what I want to share tonight is just real simple. I want to talk about the inconsistency in our influence. The inconsistency in our influence. And I know it's probably based off the title, it's not going to be one of those loud, you know, everybody jumping around and, and loving the message kind of sermons. But I believe it's needed. Uh, and I, I believe that because the way this morning's message was closed about the importance of our influence, the importance of our influence in our family, the importance of our influence in the people we work with, the people at the local coffee shop, the people that we, uh, that we deal with at restaurants. I believe that our influence is important. It is important to have influence. And what we have here in this story is the apostle Paul talking about a time where he had to challenge Simon Peter face to face. Now, we know nobody's perfect. Simon Peter is one of those who's had some hardships. He's not always made the best decisions. And so what happened, they're down in Antioch, which was an area that had both Jews that had been converted to Christianity. There was also Gentiles that had been converted to Christianity. And so that church had a lot of Gentile believers in it and Simon Peter, who is a pillar, he's a leader uh, in this Christianity movement. He was down there hanging out with the Gentiles. 
which is perfectly okay because they're all a part of the same family now. But then it says that James sent certain Jews down to Antioch. And when Simon Peter saw these Jews coming who were supposed to be Christian Jews, they were converted. When he saw them, he withdrew himself from the Gentiles to go and be with the Jews. And when the apostle Paul saw it, he called him out about it and said, hey, you're not being consistent according to the gospel. You're not walking up rightly according to the truth of the gospel. And he called him out for not being consistent in his influence. And so I want to dive into some things using that uh, as our text. And influence is this, the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone else. Most of the time when we hear this word influence, we talk about young people, right? We, we challenge young people, be careful who you allow to influence you. We, we challenge them, be careful what you listen to, what you watch. But it is so much greater than that because the adults, we have to do the same thing. We have to be careful who we're around. We have to be careful uh, what we listen to, what we see, who we allow to be a part of our lives because influence uh, is coming from all directions. Let me give you... A few different things. Number one, the truth about influence. Let's talk about that for a moment. The truth about influence. Number one, everybody has influence. Now, I could look around this room and we could probably do a survey and talk about the introverted people. And we could talk about the extroverted people, right? If you know me, you know I'm more of the talker of the family. I'm the one that that does a lot of the talking. I don't mind. I'm up here right now, right? I don't mind uh, being... uh, involved in conversations and most of the time I'm the one that is always being drugged because it's like hey stop talking because we have to go and that happens to me on a daily basis so I love what I get to do for a living because I'm always talking some people prefer to be quiet right they're more introverted they're more keep their thoughts internally and so what I've learned though whether you're introverted whether you're extroverted whether you're quiet whether you're outgoing everybody has influence. Whether you're young or you're the oldest person in this room, you have influence. It may not be on the same group of people that I have influence on, but you have influence. It might be your classmates. You might be a stay-at-home mom and have influence on your kids, but then you also have influence on the people in the Walmart pickup or wherever it is that you go during the day. Everybody has influence. And that's a truth that we need to learn No matter if I'm quiet, no matter if I'm shy, no matter if I'm outgoing, we all have influence. There's a quote that says this, all human beings wield influence. A powerful sword granted at birth, wield your sword with care. Everybody has influence. Number two, everybody is influenced by someone or something. In our text, Simon Peter was influenced by James and certain Jews. I like how it says certain ones. We all know who those are, right? There were certain Jews who came to town and it affected Simon Peter. Everybody is influenced by something. There's people in your life right now, whether you realize it or not, they're influencing you. The TV shows, the music, the, the circle that you keep on a daily basis, your, your, your social network, those people that you involve yourself with on a daily basis, whether you realize it or not, are influencing you. If you've got negative people in your circle, it's going to influence you. If you have positive people in your circle, it's going to influence you. Everybody has influence, 
but everybody is also influenced by someone or something. Thirdly, notice this, your influence has influence. Now, when I say that, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Your influence has influence, but look at verse 13. When you see what Simon Peter did, he withdrew himself in verse 12. But look at verse 13. And the other Jews dissembled likewise with him. Insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation. So Simon Peter made the decision that, hey, I'm going to withdraw myself, play the role of a hypocrite. So then he affected these Jews and these Jews in so much that Barnabas, who was a leader, was also carried away. Our influence has influence. The people that you are influencing are influencing others. By the way, isn't that what discipleship is supposed to be? That as we pour into them, they're supposed to be pouring into other people. But too many times we have people that we're pouring negativity into them or we're pouring just religion into them or we're pouring certain things into them and then that's being poured into other people. But we got to be careful how consistent we are in our influence because what we're pouring into people, they're pouring into somebody else. What we're pouring into our kids, they're pouring into other kids at school. What we pour into our families, They're pouring into people they work with. What we pour into people that we know, they're pouring into other people. In so much that a leader was carried away with their hypocrisy. Number two, the gospel should be at the core of our influence. The gospel should be at the core of our influence. Everything we do should center around the gospel. I love church. I love Christianity. I love America. I love the flag. I love all of those things. But everything that I do should center around the gospel. I'm a Christian before I'm an American, right? I'm a Christian before I get into politics. I'm a Christian before I get into what sports team you like, right? Christianity should center around the gospel. It should be at the core of our influence. Notice verse 14, what he says here. This is what bothered the Apostle Paul. He says, but when I saw that they walk not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel. That's when he confronted Simon Peter. They did not walk uprightly according to the gospel. That word means that they were not in step with. They were not in sync with the gospel. They said one thing, but did another thing. And too many times, that's kind of what we dealt with this morning as we were closing out, that there's too many people who claim on their Facebook profile to say Christian, but their life says so much more. Their life says otherwise. We have bumper stickers and uh, I see so much, I, it, man, I see students do it all the time. They, they put up the verse of the day off the Bible app because you can just share it automatically. And then they'll share things right after that are very opposite of what they just shared. But you know what? If we're honest, we do that same thing too. Other things we say, the way we act, our attitude, our, our fruits of the spirit that we've just learned about, how many times we fail in those areas, and yet we claim to be certain things, but it's real easy to get away from 
the gospel being the center of who we are, the center of how we see people, the center of, of every, our worldview should, should go through the gospel. Because notice what he says here. He didn't say they didn't walk uprightly according to the gospel. He said they didn't walk uprightly to the truth of the gospel. And here's what that is. The gospel is the death, the burial, and resurrection. Correct? He said they didn't walk according to the truth of that. And here's what that meant. The truth of it was that he did that for every person. Because that's what the topic of the issue was, that, that you had these Jews over here who followed the law and they, they followed certain rituals and they had to eat a certain way and they were better than everybody else because they kept the law. But when Jesus came, he broke down that middle wall and took the division away and said, hey, all the ground is level now, right? And so that's what they had been teaching and that's why there were Gentile believers in the church, who were once called dogs, they're now in the same church worshiping and serving the same God. But then all of a sudden, you have a group of certain Jews who are walking over here and says, no, I can't associate with them. There's no room for prejudice in the gospel. There's no room for hate in the gospel. It's real easy to say, man, you know what? I can't associate with these people over here. They have these views or they vote this way or they look this way or they act this way. And I see so much of it. But you have to ask yourself this question and it points back to the gospel. Did Jesus die for that individual? The answer is always going to be yes. And so when you ask yourself that question, did Jesus die for that individual? That individual now becomes important. But too many times we see people based off of their outward appearance or based off of the way they say, the, the way they speak or the things they say, the stuff they put online. And we think, oh, I don't, I don't want anything to do with them. But it's really hard, as Brother Perry used to say, uh, I, used to, I, I used to go to jail with him. I picked up a lot of sayings, but um, when we would serve at Fulton County to jail, we didn't go to jail together. I didn't, didn't mean to say that, but... Uh, he would always say, if you're going to fish, you got to go where the water's wet, right? Never made sense to me, but I mean, it sounds easy enough. If we're going to reach lost people, we have to be in more than just here. You see, Ephesians 4 teaches that the church is for the believers to grow and be perfected so that you can come here and mature. The reason you come here is not just for social hour, but you come here not just to check a box so that you can grow and walk out these doors better for the work of the ministry, the Great Commission, which is out there. The Great Commission doesn't start in here. It starts out there because of what your heart, how your heart is being uh, developed and matured in here. Does that make sense? And so when we go out there, we can't just say, oh, I got to got to just hang out with people that look like me and, and, and act like me and, and run in my little circle. Right. Because where's our influence? We have to have influence. The Great Commission said to go into all the world. And so what, what I do is I walk into some pretty sketchy places <laughs> some days. Uh, I can tell you story after story of things I've seen in the hallways. Things I've, uh, Just uh, last, last year I went to Alcove High School in Newton County. And there was uh, marijuana smell coming from the bathroom in the school. Like it's different when it's the neighborhood next to the school. But it was actually in the school. 
And so the guy, the coach I had to meet with had to stop and get the principal and the resource officer and they had to go deal with it, right? Because we all knew what was happening. I don't know why. You know, teenagers are dumb. I'm sorry. But we, we all smell it, right? But our influence should center around the gospel. The gospel is for everybody. Every man, woman, boy and girl. Every color, every creed. Every political platform, every view, every different identity, Jesus died for every person. Now, we can get into what's right and what's wrong, but, it, but Jesus, when he was criticized for who he was eating with, right, in Matthew's house, he said, by the way, I came because there's some people that aren't whole, right? And so too many times I think we look at people and we want them to, to be a certain thing that they're not because they're not whole. They don't know what we know. They don't have the light the way that we have the light. And so we cannot ask them to live up to something that they don't know. The gospel should be at the core of our influence. Lastly, your influence should be aligned with your identity. Your influence should be aligned with your identity. In other words, be what you say you are. Be what you say you are. This is where we left off this morning. He called out, Simon Peter and said, you're not being what you're supposed to be. That word dissimulation is literally, it means to play the hypocrite. In verse number 13, it says, and the Jews dissembled likewise. In other words, they started to follow his hypocrisy. They too became hypocrites in so much that Barnabas, a leader, was then carried away with their hypocrisy, with their dissimulation. And the word hypocrite was a, comes from a word that meant stage actor. In other words, somebody that took on a role and, and got on a stage and performed and pretended to be something that they're not. And too many times in religious circles and too many times in churches, we have people that have that title by their name. But when we leave here, our influence is everything but that. Our influence does not align with our identity, what we claim to be. We're stage actors. There's been times in my life I've claimed, oh, I love the whole world, but then I get aggravated, right? And I don't show that person that I love the whole world. I don't show that person that Jesus died for them. I don't, I don't show that because I'm aggravated, right? Because of whatever issues I'm dealing with, and so sometimes if we're not careful, we can be hypocrites. And we've all heard it. We probably all know right now somebody in your life or in your circle that you've tried to witness to or you've tried to talk to and have conversations with and say, hey, why don't you go to church? Why don't you do this? And, and everybody's got a reason. Well, there's too many hypocrites or I was hurt by somebody. Or, and those are real issues. Those are real things that have happened. I know a lot of those. I have a lot of conversations with students. Uh, back over, uh, Thanksgiving break, we had a student, most of y'all probably saw the, the new, uh, news story here. There was an incident over Thanksgiving break where, uh, they, the girl was a junior at Dutchtown, but, uh, the incident happened in Clayton County. The father took her life and then took his own life during Thanksgiving break. And so I was at school that Monday at Dutchtown, cause I, at that time I was working with their football team, um, and so I was in there with all the counselors talking to the students. And 
I heard a student come in talking to one of the social workers, one of the counselors. And she said this. She said, I'm tired of people telling me they're praying for me. Because I don't even think God's real anymore. Because if he was, why would he let that happen? People were telling her they're praying for her, and she said, I'm tired of hearing that. That's a reality of what is around us. That's a reality of what we run into sometimes because so many people have encountered people that their influence doesn't line up with their identity. They claim to be a preacher. They claim to be a pastor. They claim to be a, you know, a leader in the church. They claim to be a teacher. They claim to be somebody that they can trust. They claim to be somebody that they can look up to. They claim to be somebody that they can trust and, and have a relationship with or whatever. And that influence doesn't line up with it. And too many people have experienced hurt and experienced hypocrisy. So let me give you these things and then we'll be finished. So I wrote down three things. How to be consistent in our influence. Like we can talk all day about being inconsistent, but how, how do we make sure that when we leave here, we're consistent? Number one is be real. Just be authentic. I read a survey one time that was talking about youth ministry and, and, and uh, students of our day. And I don't know if you ever studied generations. I'm a millennial. Don't judge me for the rest of us. But then there was Gen Z. And, and a lot of people think that Gen Z is this group here, but this is like alpha gen. Y'all are a whole new group of weird that come in, but when you study generations and, and how different things go, um, they say that what what is it that that young people want? It's not the music, it's not not the show, it's not the the activities and events. They want they want authenticity. They want something real because too many people have people that don't follow their promises. Too many people that have walked out on them in their life. Too many different issues, and they just want authenticity. And so what I challenge people to do is just be real. Don't have to be anything that we, you know, I, you'll never hear me get up and claim to be something because I know what I am. On my worst days, I know exactly what I am. And I'm not going to get up here and pretend that I'm something that I'm not. Because then I would be a stage actor. And there's a quote that I read one time. It says, people are impressed with your successes, but they identify with your failures. And so what I've learned, if I'm in a room full of 30-something young men and they're all from different backgrounds, sometimes I'll open up about something that I struggle with. For me, it's my temper. You know, I got two kids that don't listen, right? And so I'll, I'll be honest with them. Like, hey, I'm not perfect. I struggle. Well, then it starts to build some trust because now they're like, okay, he's not coming in here to tell us how great he is, right? He's not coming in and tell us, you know, we got to do this or else, right? Just be real. People around you, people in your job, people in your community, people at Walmart, they're just looking for something real. No filters, no fake, no phony, just real. Secondly is be relational. Be relational. Take time to be intentional and invest in the relationships that God has put in your life. Because again, there's people in your circle of influence that God has put you there for a reason. It might be at work. It might be in your neighborhood. It might be at school. It might be uh, somewhere that you go every week. Chick-fil-A, the Mexican restaurant, right? We all know where we go. Starbucks, the coffee shop, 
whatever you do, you have a circle of influence. When's the last time you asked them something about themselves? Where are they at in life? You see, a lot of times we, we want to just share the gospel immediately, and that's great. I think we should. But a lot of times we don't even take time to get to know who they are. And we always heard the saying, they don't care what we know until we know how much we care. When's the last time you asked that person what their name was? What, you know, what's their week been like? Because a lot of times you ask people, they'll tell you. And you'll find real quick, they're going through some stuff. Just this season, I've got a base, one baseball team I'm working with. And just this season, this is my third season with them. <clears throat> to start the season, we had um, a community travel coach uh, that a lot of them used to play for when they were younger. He overdosed on drugs several months ago. Uh, not long after that, one of the seniors... Uh, outfielder. He had an older brother that was dealing with some depression and, and some, um, some addictions and, and things like that. Came home, committed suicide in front of their mom. They had that funeral. And then, not long after that, just a few weeks ago, one of the other seniors, uh, his grandfather, who was always at the games, passed away of a heart attack. And then right after that, that young man, who we've been trying our best to keep on the right path, just turned 19, going to graduate next month, and he'll be a dad in the next five months. We don't know what people are going through. And so it's real easy to lay out a whole list of rules and things and say, hey, man, here's what they should be doing in these schools. But the reality is, if you take time to sit down and talk to them, there's stuff going on. So be real, but then be relational. Be intentional in building relationships and people around you. So that we can influence them for the gospel. And then thirdly, it's be ready. Be ready because you never know when that opportunity is going to come to share the gospel. I tell people all the time that uh, the reason I go into some of these schools and I meet a coach and I can tell really quick that he's not a pastor, right? He doesn't, you know, based off of his language and things that he says, he's probably not the strongest believer I've ever met. And so my job is to get in there to be an influence though, right? And so I say, coach, let me just teach leadership. Let me teach character. And I tell people, I explain it like this, that when you give a baby medicine, sometimes you got to put it in some applesauce. And so character development, that's my applesauce. That I go in and then I start to build relationships. And then next thing you know, we get to have these conversations where a kid comes up and has a question about something going on in his life or, you know, why is his mom battling cancer or whatever the case is. We get a lot of conversations. So be ready. Because as you build those relationships, as your influence in your circle at work or whatever it is, those conversations, something's going to come out of that. And it might be that, man, I don't understand why the world is the way it is. Well, let's talk about sin, right? There's always opportunities that are going to come about. So be real, but be ready. Be ready for that moment when we're going to get to share the gospel because we've got to be consistent in our influence if we're going to make a difference for the gospel. Let's pray.